released in 1986, this film directed by Jim Henson is his third and final film before his untimely death in 1990. This musical fantasy starring David Bowie and Jennifer Conley was a feat in puppetry, with many of them being produced at Jim Henson's Creature Shop. It had an astounding budget of $25 million, but had disappointing box office returns, grossing just under $13 million from its U.S. release and grossing just over $34 million worldwide. Debuting initially to some mixed reviews, but over the years, this film has gained massive popularity in what could be deemed a cult following. Tonight, on this live episode of You've Never Seen It, we're jumping into Labyrinth. To you've never seen it, and po- a podcast where I am on a mission to never hear these four words again. I'm your host, Allison Salamoni, and joining me today, we have the whole flickin' crew. So let's introduce everybody. Starting off with our channel founder, we got Jesse Swift. We have our that is you. We have editor, basically producer, reactor extraordinaire, Sean Wingblade. It's Our, me. Hi. Our resident Tolkien expert in Pastor Scott Fox. What's up, sir? And the newest member to join our Flickin' Real crew as a co-host, the one and only Chris Anthony Lopez. Hello, friends. I'm so excited. We are doing this. Welcome, everybody, to this live recording of You've Never Seen It. It is the first time we have ever done this, so we're just going to see how this goes. Uh, Before we dive deep into and we start talking about this film, (laughs) um, just want to let you guys know please interact in the chat we're happy that you're here leave some questions you can send them in via streamlabs as well everything via streamlabs will be addressed uh we will be having a q a afterwards so make sure to kind of to throw those in or throw them in to the chat and we're excited to be here so before we deep dive into everything i gotta ask my hosts on here with me between all of us, how many of you had seen this movie before we talked about covering it? So Jesse and Scott had seen it. Sean, well, that was a little, that was like, uh, uh maybe? Was, was this? Uh, this was on the inner geekdom list. I, it was a movie I should have seen. I just never did. Gotcha. This, I actually saw this in 1986 when oof. this came out and I was a little kid. Okay, and it was a staple in our house. Uh, you, when you talked about all the numbers, my brain immediately went to cult classic because this was a beloved movie in our house from my childhood. My brother, you know how the kids climb around furniture, playing like they're trying to get away from lava. Uh-huh. We played get away from the bog of eternal stench. Sure, like you could not touch <laughs> the floor, or you'd be permanently smelly for the rest of the day. Uh, That's so amazing. this movie went ran deep in our household and was a big part of my childhood for a long time. So um, when when it came up that you wanted to do this and this was the movie, I was like, oh yes, like nice. a, a hardcore nostalgia washing over me. 
Every time someone brought up the Bog of Eternal Stench, I hadn't seen Princess Bride in so long. I kept getting the two confused because there's like the rodents <laughs> the and the unusual swamp. size. And it, well, in the fire swamp, I just hadn't seen it in so long. But I kept because they wouldn't reference the movie. They would reference the Bog of Eternal Stench. I'm like, right. oh, yeah, Princess Bride. Of course I know that. No, it was from this movie. It was a completely different movie. <laughs> two- it is a completely different movie. I mean. Similar vibes, I guess. You know, less cod pieces in uh, yeah. the Princess Bride. Well, then there sure. are. You think that's a cod piece? <laughs> <laughs> we will get into that. I'm sure we can have. We will have a whole segment. How dare you besmirch David Bolgi? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's I never changed my Twitter name. That's what I'm doing. For <laughs> Thanksgiving, <laughs> David Bolgi, the artist formerly known as David Bolgi. <laughs> That's amazing. So Jesse, it was you actually were the one that suggested this movie in particular for the whole crew to do as an episode. And it if was we'd... a snowball effect. I was like, Allison, have you seen this? And you're like, no. And I was like, guys, I can't believe Allison hasn't seen the labyrinth. And it was basically like a collective. Well, neither have I. Have I. I was like, and then we just pulled what? Chris in because Chris is our our latest <laughs> our latest host to join to join the chaos. Yo, and with with this flick, right, and I, and I don't want to uh, jump into the conversation, but I watched this movie, well, I finished it approximately an hour ago <laughs> um, as of this recording. It's so real fresh, real fresh. It's very, very fresh in my brain, and I really thought it was thoughts redacted. <laughs> oh. Well, we will get into it. Jesse, I need to hear your reasoning on why you thought this would be a great movie for for to cover like why why did we have to do it for for you've never seen it i love to introduce people and specifically allison to things that i feel i've had an iconic impact on my life or things that i remember very clearly like start to finish uh like tremors for example which i you know i had to, i got to debut the first episode of uh, you've never seen it with tremors which was so much fun go check that out if you haven't but uh casually labyrinth was just something that i watched over and over and over again and didn't really think about it until i became an adult um which i'm still working on but uh, <laughs> other people would would reference labyrinth and i'd always get super jacked I'm like yes labyrinth jennifer connelly you know like awakening something in me as a child like she was <laughs> it was it was okay because i was i was very young i know she was probably like a teenager but i was like younger than that so like it's not creepy i'm not i don't think that way now be not careful creepy. talk <laughs> about jennifer Connolly in this movie now <laughs> be careful i'm just saying at like the time okay the for time. the record this movie came out yes. six years before i was born so i oh, that anyways, makes my back hurt <laughs> can we talk about jennifer Connolly now because she was in talking Gun maverick and yeah we can talk about jennifer Connolly whenever y'all want like We'll talk about Jack. Okay, but yeah. I love um I love puppetry and it's fun when it's dark, not dark. Like Labyrinth isn't very dark, but it's darker, you know, it's a little dark crystal adjacent and stuff like that. And which by the way, Netflix, you bastards for not bringing back um dark crystal uh well, age they, resistance. Oh say because they, they canceled it because it was too that. it was super expensive to make, right? Like that was the reason behind the canceling of the Dark Crystal show because mm-hmm. it was using all puppets right so i don't know what more i'm supposed to add it's just like i love watching this movie and i wanted you to hopefully also have a good time (laughs) it's weird that we've gotten to a point where uh making something with cgi is cheaper than making something with practical effects because Mm -hmm. of the labor that 
goes into making the puppets. Uh, whereas you can have a guy at a computer cranking out a lot of stuff, just takes him more time. Um, but this movie was for its time. It was the, the mixture of puppets and, and effects and everything in this movie is one of those things that in my brain, and I know it's probably nostalgia from my childhood thinking back on it, but it's always stood up. Now, my wife, this is one of the reasons I knew that we were meant to be together is she absolutely loves this movie. When she told me it was one of her favorites, I'm like, all right, we can we can get along quite well. If this is your if this is your standard of movie quality, we're we're solid. And Scott dropped down on one knee right then and there and was like, here we go. I, I should have. It didn't take much longer after that. Um, it's so quirky. It, it is. It's very unique. And it came out in the time when there was... Uh, oddities in movies was kind of a, a cool thing like not doing just standard um but there this it, that mid 80s there was a lot of puppetry stuff like uh mm -hmm. you talk about uh fraggle rock on television there's a lot of different shows uh muppets uh um all these different things use puppetry quite heavily and this movie was the first one to kind of take it big screen but kind of darker i know that the muppets had you know muppets on holidays the muppet uh, caper and some of the other ones but this one was different also it was cool to see a very prominent musician and somebody really famous taking on a role like this in a really unique and weird movie uh, bowie was still very famous as a rock star uh, he wasn't quite in the ziggy stardust phase but to come back and do this was pretty impressive uh considering he wasn't like in the tail end of, or the downward spiral of his career. He was still very right. famous and, and he, to do a kid's movie, kids slash adult movie. And he wrote all the music that was performed with it too. Like the song, the lyrics, that was all, all him. So that was really, that was really fun. And right, these songs are, <laughs> these songs are built to stick in your brain. Yeah. You, you watch this movie the and for the next, Oh, <laughs> you do do what? Or, oh man, that, that song, the babe. what babe? Yes. babe with the power, what power, the power, power of voodoo, voodoo, who do you do? do. Remind what? me of the babe. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I have obviously not seen it enough times. <laughs> um, it's one of those things where once you, uh, I haven't watched it in the last, you know, I don't, I've seen it enough that I didn't need to rewatch it. Clearly, I did for the lyrics, but the, <laughs> the songs in this movie really stick with you. Um, yeah. so does the whole, the whole movie, and each one of the characters, when you go back and review it. So, Chris, you, you saw it for the first time today. If you go back and rewatch it, you will pick up on so many subtle things with many of the characters that you're like, how did I miss this the first go around that add enjoyment factor to the movie? So you can continue to rewatch and find all the little tiny nuggets that are hidden with some of the other characters in the movie, which and the hints, gives the it hints staying at, power. The hints oh at my the gosh. beginning of the movie before she even makes it to the She was so night. close to the end of the labyrinth. At the very beginning of the labyrinth, yeah, which is the tale of a good movie and uh, a good puzzle, is that it was right there. It's kind of like in Saw, the the key to his uh, ankle bracelet was floating in the water in the tub in the very beginning. When he sat up, it went down the drain. Yep, it was right there. <laughs> Never seen any of the Saw movies. If we're gonna be honest, do I have a uh, desire number one's to? the only one Zero. worth seeing? Okay, perfect. Number one's the only one worth seeing. Probably still won't see it because I don't like scary movies. It was a, it was it's a lot scary. for me to have a spooky gross. month. It's that so too. Gross. Frank just got out. Frank, Frank just saw no. Why yeah. would I do oh that? Gosh, I would never oh, stay in a hotel again. I already don't want to stay in an Airbnb anymore, thanks to Barbarian. <laughs> Has anyone ever seen House of Wax with Chad yes. Michael Murray and Perry? That is I so still scary. cringe walking downstairs oh. without a solid back to it. Like someone's going to like snip my Achilles. Jerry oh. Padalecki. 
<laughs> when he was like in wax and is like, anyways, that's a different movie. Talking about the labyrinth. <laughs> Talking about the labyrinth. And speaking of of Chris, I would love to hear your initial first thoughts upon the movie ending and credits starting to roll. What did you think? So I I watched this and both of my roommates uh, walked into the room right before I started watching it. And I told them, oh, I'm going to watch uh, Labyrinth for the first time for this podcast that I'm doing. And they said, oh, Guillermo del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth? And I said, <laughs> oh, that's a different movie. And I said, no, um, I'm watching Jim Henson's Labyrinth. Well, you know, with the puppets and stuff. Then they said, oh, that's cool, too, I guess. And I'm like, okay, great. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, but when I first started watching it, it was... Um, it, it threw me for a loop, especially in the beginning of the film. I thought I'd get like a period movie, uh, especially with how the, how Jennifer Connelly was introduced mm-hmm. um, after oh, a yeah. very long um, intro sequence because we got to get that Bowie song in there. Yeah. But by the time it ended, I was I was happy I watched it. it I had a smile on my face for a, a very long time while I was watching it. And is it a little goofy? Of course it is. It's it's a bunch of Muppets <laughs> running around. And yeah. I I just had a blast. And I couldn't help, um, but I was uh, impersonating uh, Lotto the entire... Lotto? Is that, Ludo. Is that his name? Ludo. 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 I love uh, Ludo. Ludo. I was like, Ludo friend. <laughs> like, I was, I was so... I, I was elated every time Ludo was on screen. And He's great. I, oh, look. Oh, Sarah friend? Like I, I, I loved it. I loved it so much, but it, it brought me a lot of joy. And what like Scott was saying with David Bowie, I will, I will say this. There aren't too many people who are like perfectly cast as a, <laughs> as a respect, as their respective role. David Bowie, I cannot see anybody else playing Jareth. And right. I can, I really can't, especially at that time. Like you need someone who is, who's fun enough to do these fun little goofy songs and who also doesn't take themselves too seriously mm-hmm. while also being like this imposing like force. Like I would be threatened by him uh, until he's like, oh, magic dance. Yeah, let's dance with this, throw this baby up in the air, even though it's obviously not a baby. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, it's, a, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. We can make all of these incredible puppets, but we're going to know for a fact that is not a baby being thrown. Well, they were right. hinting at the fact that the goblins are Muppets and he wanted to turn the baby into a goblin. It was foreshadowing. Is that right? That's exactly right. Sure. Even, though, even though the messy or, hair or gave just a lack of meeting. child endangerment. They were trying to be irresponsible. Yes, 100%. And, like the, the Muppets were were so, they, they were, it was obviously like so well um, like put together and so well puppeteered. And obviously mm-hmm. a lot of these same people were the ones working on the Muppet show. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of the same ones that Jim Henson had been constant collaborators with. So they stayed in-house, obviously, with this being a Jim Henson production. But I was very happy with the end result. And like I told you guys, I took extensive notes of quotes from the movie that I, I really enjoyed. I love this. I love how professional you are right now, Chris. They're, they're I... so... <laughs> Look, like, for those who are watching this stream, I, I have a... I have a ton of things Always. that I wanted to make note of. Where but... were you last year? <laughs> During Schmodown study session. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. where, where What's was the On November 4th, I was probably hungover. Um, <laughs> I'm honest with you. But uh, no, this movie, this movie is a lot of fun. It may not be the best thing ever, but it is so much fun to watch. And I totally, and I wish I watched it sooner. I, like For the record, I never wanted to love this. 
to try to act like I think The Labyrinth is the greatest movie of all time. It is just such a sweet thing for me. You know, it's something that I experienced very young. It's a sweet movie. Yeah, it, that's it. It's it's charming. It's quirky. I find it immensely rewatchable. You tell me, hey, we're going to flip on The Labyrinth and watch it. I'm like, yeah, anytime. Yeah. Anytime. It's a comfort film. It's a comfort film. Sean, you attempted to watch this with your kids, right? When we were originally planning on doing this how did they react well first i want to address jesse what he just said that he never attempted to say that it was the best movie ever when something is my favorite it is the best and everyone else needs to know that <laughs> and in this essay i will tell you why the mighty ducks trilogy is the best trilogy i on just heard you mention man of steel ever. Is, that, is that what you said uh well you know we need to get a proper trilogy uh with man of steel let's wait until james gunn takes over um no i did uh succeed to watch with my, my kids and that my kids anything that looks like it might be old when the movie starts they're just like oh, <laughs> oh do we have to watch this movie and they that's just their general um way of life right now and we watched this it was it's little more than a month ago now it's been a while mm -hmm. and then just a couple weeks ago i made them watch the uh, wizard of oz for the first time too and where they did the same thing because the first like 20 minutes of the movie is like sepia tone so they're like is there any color ever coming like, yeah, <laughs> Sean, how old are your kids down, for, for reference uh my son just turned nine uh last week and my daughter is 10 and a half word so they're they're 18 months apart exactly my my uh, brother watched uh batman 89 with me recently and he mm -hmm. said he kept saying that the entire time this movie looks so old <laughs> i hope yes. you slapped him in the face i did yeah the record. <laughs> i i did a deep dive on batman last year too uh or before the schmodown stuff and and this is my kid i was trying to force my kid to watch it with me he's just like i'm tuned out he's like i was like all right fine go go play go do something else anyway. goodbye um they enjoyed it overall i think i think once once uh you know they get into the swing of things and they kind of realize what the movie is and i don't think they have too much experience with puppets in general because the stuff that they watch nowadays the stuff that's on you know netflix cartoon network nickelodeon whatever like there, there's no puppets are just no longer used it's all yeah. animation it's either computer animation or hand-drawn stuff if it's kind of bringing it back so they're not used to that. Um, I haven't shown them. The only other thing I could think that they might have compared it to is, um, is it is it Little Monsters? What's that Howie Mandel movie where the monsters under this under his bed? I think you are absolutely Little Monsters. Yeah, little little monsters. monsters. Yeah. So I think there's, but that's more like makeup. That's less yeah. puppetry. I think there's more makeup. Um, I don't think they've seen anything with Muppets in it, to be honest. So I don't know if they had anything to compare it to. Sure. Overall, they overall they liked it. They're like, oh yeah, it was fine. All right, cool. Uh, I liked it a lot, but definitely like it's a movie of its time, right? It's a very '80s movie, but yes. it's also a musical, so you kind of have to get into that and and just roll with the flow of like those dancing like flamingo like creatures and like you know I don't all the stuff that about Bowie's them. doing. Who or the ones they that remove their heads? And then they are my, my are we talking about the cultural appropriating reggae singing headless animal looking people? <laughs> I have one singular problem with this movie. It is, is that, that entire scene. <laughs> and just how weird it looked. It it gave me very much like screen? Lord yes. of the Rings '78 vibes with I the rotoscoping. That's exactly yeah. what I was about <laughs> I was to say. Like, this is terrifying. <laughs> Um, yeah, Touché. overall, I, I think I, uh, what, what's, uh, what's the movie with, 
uh, is it Kevin Pollock? Um, I think he was one of the, it was Time Stoppers or something or Time, time Bandits. Time Bandits. Yes. Yeah. I remember no, Time, time Bandits, Bandits is great. I feel like, did that have some puppetry in it or, or a little bit? It's been, it's been a hot minute. I saw that one as a kid. I wouldn't know because I also uh, haven't seen that one. But... You know what movie had puppetry in it that scared the shit out of me though? E.T. Ernest Scared Stupid. Dude, Ernest Scared Stupid is not a kids movie. That is a legit Thank horror you. flick. Thank you. I saw that when I was a kid, and that movie what was like, um, all right, well, I'm gonna go. I ahead saw and, it. Uh, I was for a week. five. I, my dad took me and my siblings and our neighbor's friend David Christie <laughs> to go see Ernest Scared Stupid. Shout out to and David Christie. Shout, shout out to, to hashtag. David shout out David yeah. Christie. I wonder where you are right now. Um, okay, Ernest <laughs> goes to camp. Ernest goes to jail. Ernest saves Christmas. Fantastic. Great. Ernest scared stupid. I haven't no seen it since. I have not seen it since I was five. However, I, I will the say that I have searched tears. for Miak so many times in my life after <laughs> Ernest scared stupid. Uh, or, or <laughs> yeah, that some of those things did stick. Was man, that movie was terrifying. Wasn't the grandma kid. also Madame Zeroni in Holes? Isn't it the same actress? I Are you about Eartha Kitt? I think it was Eartha Kitt, isn't it? I, I think it That's is. That's a deep pull. Nicely done. I'm, I'm gonna. I gotta. I gotta Google it. The Schmodown's over. Yeah, it is. Stop. Old Lady Hackmore <laughs> or something. It's Eartha Kit. Amazing. So, <laughs> getting kind of speaking of like the puppets and going into like the characters in this film. So first off, we get a very young Jennifer Conley in like one of her her first. Is this is this her first like big role? Probably it predates yeah. Rocketeer by about a decade. Well, yeah, first she was lead yes. role. Four, yeah, she's fourteen when this one came out. By the way, mm -hmm. I love the fact that she still that she kept her eyebrows, yeah, as they were at fourteen to into adulthood. And I wish that that's how eyebrows looked when I was going through my you know awkward teen phase and had to go get mine waxed. Because apparently, big eyebrows weren't a thing, and now I'm stuck doing it every two weeks for the rest of my life. For the record, the, worst. Um, the Rocketeer only came out five years after Labyrinth. Listen, so math is relative. So <laughs> she was, so she was nineteen in the Rocketeer because I think she was like, or yeah, I think she was like. She played 14. sixteen. Um, in Labyrinth. She was born in nineteen seventy, so she was sixteen years old. Okay, so she was. Well, I mean, she they probably been filmed about fifteen when they. Filmed yeah, it. they filmed it a year yeah. before. Gotcha. Probably. So she was yeah. fifteen. So yeah, so she was like just barely 21 with the rocketeer which here is amazing Go ahead. I, I love the rocketeer it's so great um one of my favorite movies of all time but i need to we need to talk about all of her little sidekicks that she gets from hoggle yes. to ludo to didymus Hog and i need everyone to let me know out of those like three main sidekicks that she got which one was your favorite ambrosius's best boy yeah i don't recognize hoggle i remember um hogsmeade and hogshead and hogwarts <laughs> we know where jk rowling got that right they just straight they up actually say hogwarts they do she does that's call that, him that's hogwarts the first thing at one part and i'm like hogwarts hey yo Ho hoggle was um was super hoggle loki had an arc like and i was i was not ready for a hoggle arc in this movie yes and i i found him very endearing and you can i know and i know it's a puppet or it's being um it's being puppeteered by somebody 
but there's a lot of emotion and through the through the voice of the character as well. I found Hoggle to be super sweet, but Ludo, Sarah, friend? <laughs> ah! Like, I loved him so much. Oh, my God. And I but think Ludo's I think that best friends was The Rocks. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, hey, Ludo, call The Rocks. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. It's so Flip good. It. I loved him. Watching Hoggle's character growth, I think, is probably one of my favorite parts of this whole movie. Like, watching him go from, like, you know, not really helping her or wanting to, to then really enjoying her and being called a friend. Mm-hmm. And, like, watching Why'd you call his... Me right. No one's ever called me that before. Right. And watching him struggle with, like, Jareth trying to get him to get her lost and, like, seeing this internal battle that he's fighting with himself on like what he's going to do was it makes the ending of the movie. Cause we, we go into full spoilers here, but mm. it makes the ending of the movie when she's back in her tune out. If you don't want spoilers, <laughs> <laughs> we're only if 24 minutes. In. It. <laughs> it's too soon. It just dropped. How it's can the you do that? <laughs> But when she's sitting there and she's looking in the mirror and it's hoggle saying, if you ever need us, you know, we'll, should you we'll, need us? Should you need us? And then she's like, I, I will always need you guys. And then, but like the fact that it's him saying it shows kind of like that full, his full circle moment of like becoming this redeemable, yep. good being, whatever he is. And it makes it, it, I think it makes that part that much more emotional. Like I wasn't expecting to cry, Hoggle but like I teared up. up. Hoggle brings all the heart. Like he's the emotional yeah. connector. Mm-hmm. She's searching for her um, little brother that she, you know, threw away to a goblin. Um, but <laughs> Hoggle is what his emotional journey that he goes through helping her helps her kind of as well on her journey. So really, he's mm-hmm. kind of the linchpin uh, emotionally for the entire movie. Mm-hmm. I, I thought when the door closed, like when he closed the doors to the labyrinth when she first entered, I thought that'd be the last time we see the character. But mm. then he's he kept coming back. Like he saved her when when um hold up, what were they called? It was the um <laughs> the I helping hands. This. When it was the helping hands. Oh my gosh. Super creepy. When they're making like, the faces I out of all the hands. I mean, shout out to the to the folks who were whose hands that were because it was incredible. But oh, that my was favorite super part nuts. is did you say down? She said down. <laughs> 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 no but seriously like those are the moments where when you're watching this movie that can put you like that whole scene even though it's creepy and and how all with all the different hands and the arms but just it's simply hands and arms that are just coordinated to come together to make these faces mm-hmm. that's almost more astounding than the puppetry itself right like oh, totally. those, yeah it, it's it's crazy how Insane the level it of, is. The level of choreography to get all that tuned in just right to look the right way and the number of sets of hands that have to work in unison is and they were all different. They were yes. all different faces. They all had their own distinct voices and personalities. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, she said down. Like that whole thing. Like it was great, right? But then we see Hoggle again. And I'm like, oh, this dude's back. Like, is he gonna, you know, turn on her? Like, you know, other adventure tropes that we've seen before. Sure. But no, he didn't. And it was all just 
like pure emotion. Every time he saw Jareth, he was terrified and you mm-hmm. saw it in the expressions in the face. And I, as much as I love Ludo, I love him. Ludo, friend. Like all, this, <laughs> all, all that stuff. We need to cut that. Oh, by the way, we just need to cut that audio out of Chris saying that. And we're just going to pop it into things all the time. You know, when you pet, like he like pets <laughs> him on the back at the end where he he's apologizing. And again, the apology scene where he's like, oh, like, if you don't want to be my friend, I don't care. I'm like, that's fine. You know, whatever. And she's like, no, like, I, I forgive you. And he's like, what? <laughs> and and Ludo's like, Ludo, best friend. Like, yeah. It's like that whole that whole bit. It's so sweet. It shows and, like how oh, proud Hoggle is of like, like, he's very proud. Like, so for him, he's like, I don't well, he even says he was like, I'm not ashamed of anything I did. But if you don't want to be my friend, like, he's so proud and he's so he like he can't even humble himself and then he hears no i forgive and he's like oh like he's learning that people are that there are good people too like because he's clearly been treated like crap his whole existence by how cynical he seems to be he had had so much self-interest because he was essentially a survivor like he had to just look out for himself you know mm-hmm. th- that's all he knew it was to look out for number one so he never he never could fathom the, the thought process that someone else could look out for him and actually treat you know put his interests before theirs type of thing or you know vice versa so he had learned to do the same thing with uh with her and it's that's yeah exactly what you said that's his arc like he, he had the biggest arc of the story yeah all she wanted to do was you know rectify her mistake i don't know how much she grew as a character Sure. Uh, other than learning and, to love no, her brother, like, I would, I would defend Sarah's uh, turn as a, like her her growth as, as a character over the course of her time in the labyrinth. The 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 thing that I take away from um, the the Hoggle stuff, and it's probably my favorite part of the movie, was it was after the cultural appropriating reggae headless animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, culture, what is it? Cultural appropriating headless animal thing. <laughs> Um, so after that happened and hoggle saved her from them after throwing their heads up at her yeah um she she tries to kiss them after jared's like oh if she kisses you i have to make you the prince of the eternal stench whatever (laughs) and i'm pretty i wrote in my notes that she like hoggle may be the only person to ever not want jennifer Connolly to kiss them (laughs) (laughs) and um (laughs) And the whole piece at the eternal stench, and I again, like they're all like, "Oh my god, it smells so bad!" But all of Ludo's dialogue was, "Smell bad." <laughs> but it, and it was just so. It's I love this movie. Oh my god, I love it. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, in, in our twenties, thirties, and you know whatever age Scott is. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much. You have to, you have to count That's the gray so hairs. However many. There's a lot in here. Yeah. Um, but like, I feel like we shouldn't be laughing at farting rocks in a swamp, but I do every time. Every time. <laughs> every every time. time. Listening to them run over the rocks and hearing them go. <laughs> it's like, have you ever had like wet flip flops or like thongs yeah. or something and you're running around the pool and just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not flip flops. It's when you have like the aqua sock, the actual yeah. full shoe one yeah. that lets that gasp of air in and then just keeps squeezing itself out. And, and you have every to tell everybody. I swear, it's just my shoe. I swear. Yeah, exactly. It's also when you have a shoe. kid that just refuses to stop playing to go to the bathroom and you see him do the squat. 
<laughs> on the way to the bathroom. Uh, Scott understands the rest. I of the I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's that that reference is lost on the rest of this group. I'm with you, Sean. I know exactly what you're talking about. If I can, um, if I can derail this conversation, but although uh, make it derail about back onto the track. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, at the beginning of the film, right when we first get to see Sarah's bedroom. And we get to see like all these different books. Essentially, what are the inspirations for this movie, right? Mm -hmm. Like where the wild things are, the Wizard of Oz, mm -hmm. Snow White. Like mm -hmm. you, you see all of those straight up. And the influence as the movie progresses, it's definitely there. Ludo is straight up ripped out of where the wild things are. Absolutely, one hundred percent, one thousand percent. And the movie, don't even get me started on that movie. I'll start crying just thinking about it. But the the amount of adventure i wasn't expecting this much fun like in this big adventure flick in a maze essentially right and there Contained. were so many different pieces and the set design for each different location that we see it's stunning yeah. and you can Allison, you mentioned stunning. the budget off off the top like you see that in yes. the movie like 100 percent. like not a dollar was wasted and there's that yeah, there's that one shady uh, green screen shot with the with the scene that Jesse doesn't like. But besides that, like everything else looks great. Even the castle, the all the all the like the metal and the the trash that's outside of the goblin um, city stuff. Like mm -hmm. it's it all makes sense in a way that shouldn't make sense because it's all weird and it's and it's all just. You well, know, these different sets that have connection, but don't also have connection. It's weird. Yeah. Well, you also have, because on top of, we were talking about Hoggle's journey, you have the other side of the story, which is really a, which comes into it being also a coming of age story, right? It's Jennifer Connelly is playing a 16 year old who we don't know what happened to her mom. We just know that her mom is not there. Um, her mom, but she has all these clippings of like, her mom being in uh, different theater shows and things like that. So we, we, we understand. So it helps connect what she's doing mm. when we meet her in the beginning to why she's, she's, she's doing that. But she has this stepmom, this, you know, mean stepmom and she hates her life and, you know, and she's, and her room is still pretty childlike when you're in there too. Cause you're having all of the stuffed animals. She has a wall for all of her bears and everything that all go, in place to when we get to the end of the movie, when she's back home and she's gotten Toby back and everything's all good. She gives him Lancelot and then she goes back into her room and starts putting away some of these things that she's now either passing on to him or outgrown or things like that. So you also have that aspect of it that comes into play. That's done really, really well. And yes. I don't know much about being a 16 year old girl personally, but I thought it would have been just littered it's with tough. tiger beat it's posters. Tough. Yeah. And, and, and there should be NSYNC and Backstreet. Wait, this was the 80s, so I guess they weren't around yet. It's all but, new kids. NKOTB, baby. Oh, there, was, there was a cat's poster on <laughs> there, there, the wall. All, all theater stuff, right? Because she yeah. was, was obviously trying to be, you know, very theatrical with. Well, she with was reading. Uh, was it Shakespeare in the beginning? Sure. I don't remember. Or no, she's uh, reading the labyrinth. labyrinth no? Yeah, she's yeah. reading the labyrinth. Yeah. I've never uh, seen this movie. <laughs> what, what, what you just mentioned, though, Alice, first that, time, that makes me would want for a sequel if they wanted to try to go back to the labyrinth is have her brother 
you know, at 15 years. Granted, it's been almost 40 years. They could right. just do a 15-year jump or something like that. There's been and, like, talks have her jump back. of a legacy sequel. I think one was, like, either greenlit or brought up in, like, 2016 or 2018, but they just haven't. <laughs> Scott doesn't want it. Scott says no, yeah. thank you. For, for all the audio <laughs> listeners, shot is... Just there's something should be left said. alone. This, this movie became a cult classic. It just... Let it be. Bowie's gone. Now, Jennifer Connelly could still pull off the same character, but it, it just this idea that we always have to go back and we can continue to build on or make better or redo something for nostalgia's sake, leave it alone. Just let it be. And it's not necessary to go back and make another one of these. If they want to, sure, it's not my money, it's not my property, do whatever you want. But not my, pick, my not heart my says, let it go. <laughs> I want them to go back to the labyrinth 40 years later, Connolly Pan's labyrinth and the snails in charge. Now the snail yeah. that helps her. <laughs> so in the, the worm. The, no, yeah, Ludo's the, the boss guy. now. Yeah. Yeah. Ludo's the boss. Ludo. Ludo. Ludo's the heavy. Ludo. Ludo's I the worm. Ludo Goblin King. <laughs> Could you imagine Hoggle running the town? <laughs> I no, love the, the little worm trying to get Jennifer Conley to come inside and have a cup yeah. of tea and meet the missus. Yeah. And she's just like, no, thank you. <laughs> like she could fit, which I'm sure they would fit. They would have been figured out how to like fit in the little wormhole in the wall. But he was like, come inside. And like, he's I, even like, I sense a spinoff. His, his head is like nodding to like the little hole in the wall. <laughs> you know, come on in. I thought that was the cutest. Thing. I do love the worm. It's the care. It was, did, did we ever get a name for him or was it just the worm? Just the worm. Just the worm. Okay. I Cause I loved him. I, loved, oh, I thought yeah. it was great too. I wanted more so, of him. Frankly, he was so genuine and just like, come on in. No, don't, don't go that way. And oh, it wasn't that, even that like suspicious or like <laughs> condescending. It was yeah, yeah. genuine Come have some tea. Come meet my wife. We'll help you out with the labyrinth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, Never go that way. Before we meet, before we go past the worm, I was waiting for the opportune moment to say my favorite dialogue piece in this entire movie is him saying, hello. She's like, did you just say hello? No, I said hello, but that's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite line in the whole movie. We it's also so need to. I, I uh, and again speaking of characters, I feel like we need to talk about the the BDE that Didymus has with like once oh, they when get you to said the BDE, I was like the bulge is right there. No, it's, it's... <laughs> we did talk about it. We've been thinking about you should, it. The whole you time. should have. You should have big... seen how long it took me to notice David Bowie's BDE. <laughs> <laughs> Ten seconds. It took me a while. It took me a while. <laughs> no, but we need to talk about the energy that Didymus had of like when they got to the castle when they actually get to the castle they're at the gate and he's just yelling and like jennifer Connolly's like shh like he's like i don't care we're just gonna keep i'm like that is what astounding bravery and like just like the biggest napoleon complex that is so endearing (laughs) throughout this entire movie boots wishes that he was did boots That's that's you know I grew up on Shrek. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, no, please. What was when, the um? What was the dog? The Ambrosius. Merlin. Ambrosius. Oh, Ambrosius. Yeah. The um. So I I'm embarrassed again. Um, because the puppeteering in this movie is so good. I'm embarrassed to admit that. Um, when they had the zoom in shots of Didymus and Ambrosius, I didn't know that was a fake dog. <laughs> I, I, like, <laughs> I legitimately thought. Oh my! Oh my God! They have they have this real dog for the entire the entire you know piece. 
and it's it's standing still so Didymus can get its lines on me. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's crazy. But I'm like, then, like, the eyes were covered up at one point, and then they zoomed out. I'm like, wait a minute, that's a fake dog. <laughs> or it's a Muppet dog. <laughs> like, like, you fooled me. You fooled the me. The dog was just busy eating peanut butter off of some, like, Amazing. Fl- I was impressed by the acting dog. Very impressed. Very this is some impressed. of the best dog acting I've seen in a very long Great time. Great dog acting. All of it. <laughs> totally. Ain't um, no rule that says dog can't be a hero. Okay. Yeah. Ain't no question. rules. What would you say, Jesse? Okay. Um, so there's there's a lot of obstacles in this from biting fairies to arguing doors to mm-hmm. the hands. The knockers. What? The knockers, man, I love the knockers in this movie. <laughs> knockers, cod pieces, we got all the innuendos going on. It was too on. easy. It was way too easy. Uh. Um, but what is everyone's singular favorite um, objective? Jesse, you want to host the show for me? Because that was literally what I was going to ask. So, like, I'm just going to go. Cause, I'm just going off the notes. You know, it's fine. It's what can you That's do. a good question. That's, that's no a good question, Jesse and only Jesse. Um, <laughs> I, um, it was my show. <laughs> Damn. I mean, I have my inappropriate answer, but I think I, I also have a... Were you going to say answer. puberty? <laughs> um, no. That's definitely not what I was going to say. So the guards, the first set of doors that Sarah mm. um, meets, and it's those those guards that there's like one under and one on top. It looks like mm-hmm. it looks like a card, like a literal card. Yep. Like, yeah. um, like a face, whatever. You're stealing mine, um, but continue. Oh, I'm sorry. But um, they... <laughs> Um, I wrote in my notes, and I don't know how crude I can be on this, but um, I said, I'm like, are the door guards uh, 69ing in this? <laughs> um, and I'm, I was just like, like, what's going on here? Um, but they were very funny and like, oh, one of us is a liar. And like, no, I'm telling the truth. Oh, no, like, don't, he's lying to you. Like, I'm like, this is like, I, it messed me up. And she was so confident. Uh-huh. I believed Jennifer Connelly's confidence confidence yes during that i'm like oh like she just nailed it oh my god like she's about to run through this labyrinth like it's nobody's business but like none of it made sense her whole like her whole thought process is a thought Mm -hmm. process that i would have that literally makes zero sense yeah that's that's exactly what when i watched it i paused the movie i was like hold on i gotta think about what they just said hold on she asked if if he told him would he be lying about. I was like going through it. I'm like, I can't. And then like just think. And then she just nailed it. it she's gave like, oh me, yeah, no, because he would be lying if he said the truth. And da da da. I'm like, all right, that makes sense. It gave she's me like, Princess Bride <laughs> energy of like the scene with Wallace Shawn and Carrie Yules where they have the poisoned uh, goblets. Uh-huh. And it's like. But then you would think that I would do that. So you're then then they just going back and forth with like switching them. And then Gary was like, nope, I just poisoned them both. <laughs> Quick, guys. What kind of powder was put in those drinks? Iocane oh, powder. God. Ah, Scotty boy. This game is fucking stupid. Let's go back. to. <laughs> there it is. That, that implies that I've seen Princess Bride. <laughs> what? You've, You've never, never seen it? Why are you stealing my show, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> anyway for, once allison hits 30 she's gonna start bringing people on the show and introducing them to movies it's gonna yes. flip i'm gonna start a patreon and we're gonna have a few different tiers we'll figure it out we'll get some bonus content going <laughs> once we get once we get to 40 weekly listeners on the audio podcast we'll see about starting a patreon you guys <laughs> i watched half the shining the other day 
Wow. That's a long was, movie, it, so I'm proud of it you. Was ha- it was Halloween. I was playing t- on TikTok. It was on TV. Anyway, nice. Um, that's how I watched it, too. Just kidding. <laughs> you just did an episode with Taylor. <laughs> exactly. That's ex- that's why I watched it the way that I did, because Taylor I knew everything. I saw that part of Ready Player One. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, <laughs> you know, if we're going to talk about it because we brought it up, literally the one thing I can say for The Shining, and I'm probably breaking Taylor's heart and along with a few other people that are big fans of it, but literally just watch Ready Player One and Twister and you've seen the important parts <laughs> of The Shining. Oh my and god. Twister. <laughs> You're like, I got it. That's the hell of a double feature too. Ready Player One but and like, Twister. Each scene, the scenes that are in those that involve the shining are the ones that you need to see anyway. Like that's the gist of it. Why did you job Jesse? <laughs> you seem so offended. Uh, duty demands that we get back on track. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about favorite obstacles and they took Sean's. So we got, uh... and, and I, well, I'm, I'm fully on board with you, but just because I know exactly what you said, you, you said it better than I would have too. It's like, Connolly's confidence in the scene and how just smart and whip crack she was. She's like, oh no, I got this. This is easy. Uh, and then where that confidence kind of betrays her, like in other parts of the movie, you know, where she actually needs to rely on Hoggle and on Ludo and uh and Didymus as well. So it wasn't all confidence was key, but in that moment it was, and it was it was fun to see her just kind of push through. Uh and it 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 like it, it was still something that I thought about so long after the scene was mm-hmm. over. Uh, and maybe that's why it was my favorite. Do you guys remember when she almost died in the sewer? Yeah. <laughs> with the cleaners. When with she... the cleaners. Oh my God. The cleaners. Yeah. That little orb. The little orb. Just t- chucked down the hallway. Okay. Yep. Everybody here wants to have those things, right? To try to look as cool as Jareth does when he's ball fondling. Yes. His magic with his magic balls. His magic balls. That's like, why Are we just talking about David it? Bowie as a human being? Because that I'm pretty sure that also applies to David Bowie. And David his, Bowie you know, is a level of cool that no very one will few ever people achieve. could ever achieve. Yeah. I'm telling you, he was perfectly cast in this movie. There mm-hmm. are a few castings in movie history that like whoever they casted nailed it and nobody else can replicate I it. I should have made a David segment this. for this and I definitely didn't and I had enough time to but still did not do it. Um, famous cod pieces in movie history. Oh my God. Um, so, and like, again, doing like my research for my intro and everything. And like, I, or just in general, I re I literally did a Google search of David Bowie cod piece. And as you do, I'm you must, often, you, you're right? going to get some crazy Facebook targeted ads. I am. <laughs> I can't wait for wish to show up and like, do you want your own cod piece with David Bowie's face on it? It's a replica <laughs> from Lab. <Labyrinth. laughs> but apparently, the story is like it was as they were when they first were filming it. Like as it was being filmed, it was like way too big. Like it was even bigger than the one that we have. Like it was comically huge to the point where like when they went to like rewatch like the dailies or whatever it was with it, they're like, no, like people are like, you can't put that in there. <laughs> Especially with a 15 year old girl. Yeah, exactly. right Has anybody it. seen, uh, um, uh, uh, what is Watch the yourself. Val Kilmer movie? Val Kilmer movie. Um, Batman forever. No, 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 no. Um, oh my uh, God. Zapped. No, no, it's no, it's a spoof movie from back in the 80s. Oh, yeah. By heart. No, 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 no. Stop. It's uh, not. This is top secret. Top, top secret. Top, top secret. secret. In that there movie, there's the ballet sequence, and everyone has one of those to the point the ballerinas mm-hmm. are standing on the platform 
in the pant of the male ballet guys and it's ridiculously over the top stupid but that is part of that whole uh mentality of overcompensating yeah uh, in some way shape or form does everyone remember the scene from little giants when they dump out all the stuff on the ground he picks up the cup and he puts it over his face (laughs) 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 i don't think that That sounds disgusting and that also applies that i've seen little giants you've never seen little giants he he also got um, pink eye from that so yeah and when i earlier when i was talking about noticing um david bowie and all of his bowies um, mm-hmm. I, I noticed that at, right before the cleaners thing happened where he's like, he's in a little like, oh, like, look here. He sounds like a pirate and shit. And then like he gets up and I'm like, oh my God, it's David Bowie. <laughs> and, like that's, that freaked me out. So I'm like, that's very good of him. But mm-hmm. then he does the whole cleaners bit. But before that, I'm like, yo, um, David Bowie, you better cover up that Bowie of yours, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like I was <laughs> like, you know like what? Jennifer Connolly's right there. Always well, because like again, you Bowie. had to put the cod piece in. So I don't know like how much you know about like theater or things like that, but I was in a production of Romeo and Juliet in high school. And we were like, I mean, very much like the men were the all the men the men were wearing tights. So they all had to wear cod pieces because when you have tights or pants that are that tight. The whole point of the cod piece is so you don't actually see the wiener itself, like you're, the actual okay. you shape. Can't just or, say you're Bowie. We're going wiener. We're going with the look penis. Weenus. We prefer Ween. biological terminology. <laughs> okay, we're trying to bring up the next generation properly. Penis. Bikini, you can see part. the penis clearly when you wear very tight pants such as what that. What was that one more time, Allison? <laughs> the was penis. Oh, okay. Just His Ziggy Stardust for show. Make sure we can get it clean. You know, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the wangers. His, like the wangers. Uh, what, what was the other Bowie <laughs> alter ego? Was it Aladdin? Yeah, his, his Aladdin was showing. <laughs> Sean's but... changing his name to Sean Wangblade. <laughs> but but you have to use the the whole point of the cod piece is that it puts it there to there's definition, but you don't actually see the the thing itself. Sure. But also it doesn't need to be that big. Like that was even with like the size they ended up going with. It was still comically gargantuan and unnecessary. Who uh, who recently was dissecting the leaked images. Was that Campia? He was dissecting the leaked images Probably. for Spider-Man No Way Home because the cod piece on Andrew, was it Garfield or Tobey Maguire? It was too big. Tobey Maguire. <laughs> See, it's not real. Tobey Maguire's functional. crotch. Yeah. All right, Jesus buddy. Christ. The other ones wouldn't fit. They had to use a big one. <laughs> you know what? You use a cup and or cod piece the size of what you need to use it for. Absolutely. But right. back on track. Um, Back to the kids movie that we watched. <laughs> I so was rated PG. Uh, Jesse, what was your favorite? Um, your favorite? Uh, uh, what what's the term we're looking for? Challenge within Obstacle. the labyrinth. Obstacle, yeah. Well, my internet's taking a poo poo, but speaking of poo poo, I like the part with the farts. You look and sound one. great. Keep it going. Keep okay, it going. great. Uh, probably that. Uh, we already talked about my least favorite. Um. I don't know. I think it might be. I mean, or also, it's it's just so much of this labyrinth was like so appropriately frustrating. So like you know when she's mm-hmm. walking down the walls, it's like I've been here already. 
and the worm even being genuine was frustrating uh but i think i like the bog because it's it's funny and it's where you know i think the, the whole group is coming together with, yeah with um didymus and ludo and hoggle and um, it was Hoggle trying to do the right thing really for once that caused them to be there. So it's a very interesting turning point mm. in the movie. For so sure. that's what I'm going to go with is the fart swamp. I mean, whatever. What about you, Scott? Where, where um, are you? I like the wise man with the bird hat. Frank uh, Oz. I Frank love Oz. Him. That's exactly Frank why Oz, I was yeah. going to say Frank Oz because uh, I have a Make soft spot in my heart for Frank Oz. Um not just because of Muppets and everything and Star Wars, but uh, when I found out that one, that character is also confusing because that's the one where he gives her advice. And then afterward, you find out that that's literally the fastest route that she could have taken to get to the end of the, the maze it was literally almost right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, knowing that that's Frank Oz inside the suit really tipped that for me. Um Everything you guys have talked about are fantastic parts to it as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, the Frank Oz nod uh, and being that it's a Jim Henson production and Frank Oz was literally Jim Henson's right hand man for everything for a long mm-hmm. time. And even after he passed, um, everything they did really hinged upon uh, Frank Oz's abilities. So yeah, that's going to be that's going to be my favorite one, mostly because of the person hiding inside of that uh, puppetry. Oh I had gosh. one of my favorite quotes from the entire movie where like after she puts the ring in the box and you didn't have to give him that. And and the bird was like, Gracias, Serrita. <laughs> <laughs> I just like how like as he falls asleep and like they're walking away, the hat just goes, It's so stimulating being your hat. <laughs> like, <it's> just... <laughs> <laughs> or the like the argument the that they get so they get into back and forth who's like, Are you done? Yes. Hmm. Go on. <laughs> just... the, the designs of all of these goblins and all the costumes, like they feel so refreshing, but also they they're comforting as if we've seen them before. Sure. Like, and I and I mean that for like, especially for Ludo. Like I said, he was ripped out of like where the wild things are, mm-hmm. and um, it felt so comforting, especially once we got a feel for the character. And he was like, "Oh, Sarah, friend, like just do like all the, all that stuff." It was so endearing to me. But the the guy with the bird hat, that's when I realized I'm like the like the goblin designs are fun because the magic dance already happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's when we got to see all of the goblins with Jared, um, in their castle. But the dude, the bird hat is really what solidified me loving the designs of this because they're they're supposed to be weird looking and it's darker than the things that we've seen Muppet wise before from Jim yeah. Henson, at least in regards to like physical appearance obviously Mm -hmm. the guy wasn't scary but it was just it was a little bit off it wasn't fozzy bear let me tell you that and i i was just so like dumbfounded like this man this this the the brain behind um the brain inside of jim henson was so out there and it's unlike anything we still have today like and he passed away. I was in 1990. That was yeah. That was 32 years ago, mm-hmm. and yet no one is like him. And like we and when we get the Muppets now, like I feel like it's the that's the last piece of Jim Henson that we have, and it's upsetting. And Scott, I know you you're so anti labyrinth more, and 
I and I would be I'm totally with you by the way. But if David Bowie was still alive, I would I would disagree with you in a heartbeat. But again, no one can be Jareth, and no one can even step into that role or even I, try. Uh, I agree with you. If if Bowie was still alive and you could reprise those roles because Jennifer Connelly is still alive, you could have the Goblin King and Sarah back in those roles. I would be more apt to say, give it another shot. But even at that, I still kind of am reserved towards the this idea that we need to remake everything. And that movie no, uh, right. also falls into this window of 1980s, like low-key fantasy epic. Mm-hmm. It wasn't quite a full fantasy epic, but it really is a much bigger story than you think it's going to be at the beginning. Um, it, and for me, it also hits that nostalgia. There's that Princess Bride, The Goonies. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's a... Never-ending story. Uh, thank you, never-ending story. There's mm-hmm. several movies that fall in that kind of wheelhouse genre that uh, will always stick in my head that are bigger movies than uh, they really should have been. Yeah. And when you watch it, you're like, man, this movie really is impressive. They did a lot with what they had here. Um, and what's crazy to me is the fact that it was somehow a failure because of how it did in the box office. But, man, that thing had legs. Mm-hmm. And, and it just kept going. But the same could be said for Never Ending Stories. Never mm-hmm. Ending Stories is a cult classic. Um, and I don't think anybody who's ever seen that still can't handle, uh, uh, what is it, Atreyu mm-hmm. when his, when his uh, horse is drowning in the the tar oh, like one of the most devastating started. moments uh Artax. Artax in the in the uh was it the swamp of sadness or something yeah what, what oh, it just yeah brutal but some of those movies they uh i i felt like you were talking about how big this movie felt and how they got every dollar out of it and how large the scale and um i remember the baby crawling around going through the stairs and it seemed like he was on the ceiling mm. he was all over the place and that that visual effect blew my mind even though it's actually a fairly simple effect that they were able to pull off. Um, but they did so much with what they had with practical effects that th- I feel like also it stands the test of time. Cause what you, other than the green screen scene and, and a couple of minor things overall, that movie stands the test of time because what you see is what was there. It's not some weird facsimile. Uh, everybody's seen the first uh, Jennifer Connelly in the movie, the Hulk, right with that Ang Lee mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. The Hulk looks horrific because it was crap early CGI that they were making him, and it was inconsistent size-wise. All kinds of issues in that movie. This movie, when you see the puppet, that's the legit puppet. They mm-hmm. didn't go in and clean it up in post-production, right. add detail, um, which is even more impressive because when you really look at them, as you were talking about, man, they looked amazing, especially in HD now, right? Everything mm-hmm. you can see, every nook and cranny of every face and pore. And man, this movie, it, it, uh, it, it holds up. From 1986 to 36 years later, it holds up. Besides the reggae bit, everything <laughs> else holds up. And, I, and I, I don't mean that to be a meme either. I mean, it is a meme because it's funny as hell. But the, because like you can obviously tell it's them on, this, on a green screen or blue screen, whatever. And it's Jennifer Connelly just looking around while all these puppets on wires are just being toyed around with. But everything around that still looks stunning. Like, mm-hmm. it's very nice to look at. And it gave me hardcore Wizard of Oz vibes. And the movie told us that in the beginning. Yeah. In the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie where we see the Wizard of Oz book, like, they, they essentially tell you, hey, we're doing the Wizard of Oz in pieces here. Be prepared. And I wasn't ready for the let's pick up a new friend along the way 
and we're all gonna go you know have we're ha- we have this one objective but they all made it about sarah like you know wizard of oz they all had their own um they all had their own end goals but this was all about sarah and they all grew so fond of her by the end of the film and so, some more than others because i mean ludo fell in love with her the second that he met her and um freaking hoggle was like it took him a second and he was so conflicted like what allison was saying earlier like he got so much character development but at the end of the day especially at the end of the film it was about her mm-hmm. and her growth in the movie and how she cared for a brother that in the beginning of the film she said i don't i didn't want you mm-hmm. like my mom my, my mother isn't here i have a stepmother that doesn't want that doesn't like me she makes me babysit somebody that i don't necessarily want and she's so angry at her brother to the point where she wishes him away. And then it's instant regret the second that he's gone. Right. And we, over the next hour and 20 some, 30 some minutes after that, it's just so endearing to see her learn from these people, not only that she picks up along the way, but also Jareth. She, she overcomes this this goblin king this magical person just by saying that he doesn't have any power over her yeah that's it and it's so rad and so well done and it holds up like what scott was saying it holds up so much all these years later but i'll be damned if ludo does not get the love he deserves that man should be a cultural icon (laughs) we think of big furry beasts it's like chewbacca and ludo that's it like that's that's sully (laughs) okay and sully yes but ludo like because um initially when hoggle and hoggle and sarah they're going to the labyrinth and they hear ludo being attacked by those goblin thingies and can we address are those naked mole rats on a stick yeah (laughs) i didn't even know what those were but they were biting the hell out of them (laughs) poor ludo um it was nuts no, I absolutely. I think that this movie it it's it fits so many genres. You have musical, you have fantasy, you have coming of age, and you have this kind of lost art of practical effects. Like anything that like honestly, you know, we talk about practical effects and you and and how like it's one of those things where, like people like Michael Bay still do and doesn't really like part of the reason why ambulance not a great movie honestly like story-wise the lines you're getting classic michael bay lines making his you know don't oversell it it was worse than that right but <laughs> I, still I still haven't watched that either. it's nothing it's all practical effects all the explosions everything that's happening while it's not puppetry and 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 makeup it's still all practical effects yeah. and drone that shots and drone shot like it's all I mean, put poop in front of a camera. It's still a practical effect. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I still had a good time with it because it's Michael Bay. It was fun. But I digress. Um, kind of wrapping all getting towards kind of wrapping up. I think um, I'm going to go ahead and finish out the way that we always finish out on. You've never seen it by ranking this out of five stars in letterbox. Still haven't gotten my cease and desist, but also haven't gotten my sponsorship. Let's see what happens. <laughs> but with that, with all that being said, um, I think for this film, to me, we're sitting at a comfortable, I would go four stars, four out of five. 
for Labyrinth. I was thinking three and a half, but I felt like that was too low. I feel like it's a good, solid four out of five. What about you, Jesse? So I'm, I'm assuming, maybe don't assume, but this is a rating of experience. Yes? Not like, yes. I mean, 100%. Like, it's more of like just how you feel about it. It could be a nostalgia. See, I don't have the nostalgia for it. If I had a nostalgia for it, maybe it'd be a lot higher. I didn't really have a lot that. higher than four out of five. So it'd be five, five stars. <laughs> um, could be six if I could do it. Um, but yeah, no, it's just like it. I use, I use the idea of like rewatchability okay. experience, watching it, how I connected with the material and the characters, all that. I think labyrinth is great. I think that, um, and there was so much passion put into it. Um, I, I, it's hard to decide whether a movie that came out a, a fair amount of time ago, possibly before you're born, if it's a perfect film, because you know, what is perfect cinema? So we can only base on experience um, for me. And I'm going to say four out of five as well. Awesome. Yeah. Sean. I think that there's definitely a decided difference between good movies and what you guys were describing as experience movies, which is, I call them like nostalgic good because mm -hmm. you saw them at the right time in your life as a kid, this, that, the other, whatever. Um, so I, I give it a three out of five just because I didn't grow up with it. It was in the zeitgeist. Like I, there was a lot of scenes and images, imagery that I remember. Like I've seen that before. I've seen that. Oh, I've seen that. I've, you know, like it was probably on TV at some point. And I saw this scene or whatever the case was. Uh, but I, you know, I give it a three. It was fun. It was exactly what it was go. It, it nailed what it was going for, you know. And, and I think I think it uh, it accomplished that feat. Absolutely, Chris. So there are a couple things that I I wanted to spotlight real quickly. Um, <laughs> you you did take extensive notes. I don't want to take that away from yes, you. Yes, <laughs> uh, just just quickly. Um, the goblin in the beginning of the movie where they're all like looking at Sarah to make sure that she says the right things in the right order. There's that one that says, did she say it? And I, I, I audibly laughed at that. Um, I love doing the magic dance that his cane was also a microphone. I noticed that um, she says to herself, well, come on feet at some point when she just starts going down into the labyrinth. Um, there's that hallway of Olmex, the, the, the faces yeah. on the walls of the tour. Oh, please, um, I never get to say it. <laughs> Don't go that way. I loved it. I I love how meta that was. Like, oh, they're gonna say it. They're here to deter you from going forward. Okay, yeah. great. Um, yeah. The, I love the the reggae singing, culture appropriating people. That was I couldn't help but laugh at that. The acronym's um, Cahats, by the way. Cahats. Yeah, the Cahats. And um, I was very confused by the birthday party at the part at the end of the movie. But besides that. Um, this movie, I wish I'd seen it sooner. I wish I, I watched this as a child because I I love puppets um, and I loved uh, just what Jim Henson was able to do uh, by bringing these inanim inanimate objects to life and the, and all the puppeteers that were there. And I don't want to just credit Jim Henson because there's so many other people that um, had their hands literally a part of this. Um, I'm going to be um, ranking this solely by how Sean said it. I like the nostalgia thing. Is this movie perfect? No, it's not. But I'll be damned if I don't think this movie is a ton of fun and that it is just a ball. I wish I got to see this with with uh, with with people like as a group. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it was it's a four out of five movie for me. Awesome. This is this is a 90 percent um, borderline perfect. What's with the birthday party at the end? 
Uh, what happened to her mom? Like, why? Where the goblins even come from? I'm not going to think about it too hard. <laughs> why is the Goblin King a person? Yeah, why does the Goblin King look like David Bowie? Like, I, I, I just, with a I love giant penis. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's just David Bowie, period. True. But a lot, but Jareth, why does he have a big codpiece? Either way, this movie's a four fun out of five, fact. And they I didn't will actually watch use a codpiece. <laughs> It's just shaped like that. Scott, <laughs> yes. what like is your <laughs> where do you where what do you what would you rate this out of five stars if it was going in your letterbox? So I'll try and do this really briefly. Um I already talked earlier about how my brother and I used to play uh instead of playing lava, we would play uh, the bog of eternal stench and try mm-hmm. and jump from the furniture not to touch the floor because you don't want to stink. Uh, this movie 100% has the nostalgia feel for me. I was six years old when I saw this movie the first time, and I've seen it well into the 30s, if not 40 times. We owned the VHS, and we wore that thing out. This movie, I grew up with this being part of my movie experience, and it influenced a lot of what I love about movies uh, to the point like Muppet Christmas Carol is still my favorite Christmas movie of all time, 100%. And... Uh, and so with that, this is a total, total Homer score, but it's a five Michael for Kine. me because I cannot not love this movie. I love that. Um, it's so much fun. Uh, I don't, I, there are some people who I know who are, uh, you know, it's not like if somebody said, hey, let's watch Labyrinth, I'd be like, hey, let's drop everything and watch Labyrinth. But man, if Labyrinth is on, I'm done doing whatever I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching Labyrinth. And, uh, and it's also one of those things where I feel like, I love the fact that I get to introduce my kids to a story like this in the hopes that they will love these types of characters, these types of movies. They get to grow with it. Um, You see massive growth through characters like Hoggle, um, how she learns to love and and appreciate and build friendships with people who don't look like normal people Mm -hmm. around you are going to find. There's so many hidden messages in this movie. For me, I can't help but have a positive, like... uh, Kind of like Chris was really giddy when he talking about it. He got excited. I get giddy talking about this movie. It's it's such a feel good movie for me. And so five out of five. Um, and I'm not even ashamed of that. And I'll, I'll thumb wrestle anybody who wants to debate me. I love it. <laughs> well, before we finally wrap things up, we'll also go back around the bend. And you guys, where can our listeners where where can everyone find you? We'll again starting at the top, Jesse. Uh, usually here whenever I find time to be here. Uh, Fridays typically um, not. You've never seen it, but we usually do a speakeasy with me, Sean, and whoever else feels like coming on. Recently, Chris has been on there a few times. Um, and we talk about you know whatever happened during the week, whether it be movie news, things in our life, stuff like that. So that's cool. So there. Um, you can find me on Twitter, at Jesse Swift. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, something similar to that. But I just love talking about movies. So wherever you do find me, you'll find me doing that. <laughs> How about you, Sean? Uh, you can find me here. I feel like we're all going to have the same plugs. Or you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Sean Wingblade. Or you can check out uh, this other Twitter handle we have called uh, Flick and Real. Flick and the letter N Real. Uh, someone else can spell that for me. <laughs> F-L-I-C-K-N-R-E-E-L. Chris, where can people find you? And what do you have going on outside of being the newest co-host on Flick and Real? So besides being the the new member of Flick and Real, which I'm eternally grateful to be one, um, you can find me on Twitter at the letter C, Anthony Lopez. I, I share everything I do on there. Um, I mean, you uh, can follow or subscribe uh, to my 
my little uh, passion project uh, that I've been neglecting very much recently. Uh, for Chris's sake, F-O-R-C-H-R-I-S apostrophe S-A-K-E. Um, but if you want to see my face, you'll see me here on Flick and Reel every so often um, doing reactions, reviews, uh, speakeasies. Um, and we apologize for not having a proper speakeasy tonight, but it was a special occasion. So we figured we can take it. We could take a break for a week. And um, thank you guys for not only inviting me on to do Flick and Reel, but for showing, for making me watch a movie that I didn't think I'd enjoy as much as I did. I freaking loved that. I, I love, love, love this movie. That makes awesome. me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> and Scott, where can, where can everyone find your lovely bearded face? You can find me here or on Twitter where I will be liking and retweeting what all these other beautiful people uh, put out there. Um, and then you'll find me at church on Sunday mornings, Rescue Church Maple Valley, uh, where I'll be preaching the gospel message. Uh, uh, other than that, um, probably you'll find me listening to Tolkien <laughs> on my headphones most of the time or other audiobooks. <laughs> awesome. So we should transition from Ziggy Stardust to Allison's never seen Stardust. <laughs> we will get to that one. But for the time being, if all of you are enjoying what you're hearing, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review Flick and Reel on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on. And if you're listening here on YouTube, please make sure to subscribe, like, and comment your thoughts on Labyrinth. And be sure to check out and comment your thoughts on any of the other previously previous films we have discussed. And don't forget to hit the little bell icon to get notifications for any time we have new content drop. You can follow the show on Twitter at NeverSeenItFNR. And you can follow me on Twitter as well at Allison Salamone. And until next time, my friends, be safe. I'm going to go watch some more movies. Bye.